Hello, hello. What is up? Welcome to another episode of Heal Out Loud, the podcast that isn't afraid to talk about hard things and help you find renewed hope by healing out loud. I'm your host, Marissa. I'm a passionate mental health advocate. I'm a trauma-informed teacher, an Enneagram 4, and hopefully your newest friend. It is my hope that this podcast is a place for you to feel less alone through life's greatest challenges and inspires you to bravely embrace your own story and ultimately heal out loud. Hello, long time no chat. It's me again, back behind the mic. Um, I don't know. I I am honestly so thrilled with the response that I've gotten about um, my podcast and the two episodes that I put out. I have been kind of going through a little bit of like, quote unquote, imposter syndrome of just like, I'm doing this thing that I love and I'm getting a lot of good response and feedback, but I'm also like, I, that like makes me freeze up a little bit and I'm like, oh, it's going so well. Something bad is bound to happen. <laughs> like, hashtag trauma response, I guess. But um, I've just been thinking and pondering and, you know, asking God like what I should say next because I definitely, while this is an opinion podcast, it's my thoughts, it's my experience, it's my own personal advice backed up with things that I have learned um, from health professionals like therapists, counselors, and from and through church and just like seeing it through that lens as well. Um, I don't know. I still, I feel like I'm, I clam up a little bit because it's, this is different for me too. Like I'm used to just like, again, I've said before, like hiding under my covers and writing on my phone notes at 2am instead of like thoughtfully and purposefully like producing an episode that has an end point or a goal to it. So this is challenging for me, but good. Challenges are good. Um, And I also want to just continue doing what I wholeheartedly believe in, which is healing out loud. And while I've done a lot of healing work on things like relationships, family, um, just myself, like this is, this is pushing me in a new area that I'm kind of exploring unknown territory kind of on my own. (laughs) So thanks for, um, sticking by me and listening and supporting me and encouraging me and just overall being excited for me. Like I hope when you have things going on in your life, I hope that I have been encouraging and excited for you as well. Like sometimes you're just so in the Instagram that I'm like, I see posts and like, maybe I don't comment or respond like I should. And I'm like, yay behind the scenes, but I'm like sometimes not fully interacting. But, um, if you're having babies, if you're moving, if you're, I don't know, whatever you have going on in your life, that's exciting. I am excited for you. And I'm cheering for you, just like you all have been so kind and cheering for me on this little podcast venture. Um, Yes, so (laughs) something kind of silly. So many of you are like, you have like a a podcast voice. And it's just, it takes me all the way back to when I was going, like I was graduating high school and I was about to go to college and like declare a major. I actually wanted to be a news broadcaster. I don't know if anybody knew knew that about me, but I did. I wanted to go into journalism and be a news broadcaster. And then at one point, I actually was going to be doing voiceovers for, I don't know, I was going to be reading. There was this random job, but it it fell through for some reason. But I was going to be reading and narrating a book. (laughs) So um, this is just like my own little you know, like I am making this happen for myself, you know, no one else is going to help me. I'm not, well, and I hated journalism classes, so that fell through. 
Um, but I watch all those news bro- news broadcaster girls on um, TikTok. I've not been on TikTok in a while, but I'm like, you know, in another life, that could have been me. But getting up at 2 a.m. and getting that dressed up every single day, that does not look like the life for me. And narrating books, reading books and doing all of that, totally up my alley. So if you're out there listening to this and you have a job opening for that, I would love it. Um, but yeah, since it's not an official career, here I am putting myself out there for free for everyone, um, not getting paid. <laughs> so it's fine. You know, this is this is a hobby. It could turn into something. Um, I think my mom or someone was asking me not too long ago, like, Marissa, can you make money doing that? I'm like, probably. Do I know how? Not really. <laughs> so if anyone out there knows more about this than I do, please reach out um, or let me know that you have um, some information that you are sitting on that maybe I am clearly unaware of. So anyways, that's all my tangent. Today we're talking about unwanted divorce. Um, and this is unfortunately for all of us girly pops that have been through this, unfortunately, this is a common topic, but it's not widely talked about. So I hope that I can give you some encouragement and some hope from going through this really hard um, thing in life, uh, unwanted divorce. Okay, unwanted divorce. A little disclaimer, I do not think that one type of divorce is more or less necessary or valid than another. I'm just using this phrase, unwanted divorce, to describe maybe more of a niche type of divorce that I personally experienced um, that just explains a more one-sided divorce situation, like one where you're blindsided by your spouse, you tried everything to get them to stay, and they left no choice but for you to sign papers, even though you begged, pleaded, prayed for things to be different, and you just don't understand why they changed their minds. Um, I think that you would be surprised to find out that this is way more common than you realize. I actually know a handful of wonderful girls that this has also happened to. It is so devastating and heartbreaking. And I just want to say that I'm so, so sorry if you're going through this. I see you. I understand the feelings that you're having, and I know what you're going through doesn't make sense, and unfortunately, there is a chance that it never will, Um, but God promises not to waste our pain, and I feel like me talking on here right now and getting to this place to be able to say what I'm going to say um, is living proof of that, and I know that your story will be living proof too. Whether you're at the beginning of finding out your spouse wants to be separated slash divorced, or you are already a year removed from your D-Day, no matter what, um, what you went through or you're going through is and was very traumatic. And my best advice will always and forever be to talk to a counselor um, or a therapist. So I personally found a counselor through my local church that I was going to at the time, or you can pay um, for a specific type of therapist. Um, In my experience, I've always loved talking to my church counselors um, just because obviously they give you some biblical perspective on the topic and just some things to think about as you're going through um, that experience. 
So when my ex-husband dropped the divorce bomb on me, I ended up going to my church's website and searched for their family slash couples counseling. And I put in an an emergency um, referral for myself. I was so, so upset. So (laughs) just keep this in mind. I was so upset when it was going to take a week to talk to someone. I, for some reason, was so hysterical in the moment that I was just like, they're going to get me in tomorrow. This is an emergency. And it was going to take a week. So I was sorely disappointed. But I was also like so irrational and upset at the time that I'm glad now that I had a little bit of time to gather my thoughts (laughs) before that first session. So just keep it in mind, if you reach out to someone through your church, it might take a week or two to be able to talk to someone. Um, But just take that time to write down your thoughts and anything that happens before you get to meet that you think would be beneficial to talk about. Um, However, if the church counseling route is not for you and you can afford it, maybe look into your insurance or what your job allows, you could always go with a talk therapist. It does take a while to find a a therapist that you mesh with and like to find a certain style of talk therapy that you prefer. Um, think of talk therapy as going to a really good friend that's just really good at listening to you and prompting you as you navigate your heavy thoughts. You might not like the first few that you talk to and interact with, and that's okay. You're going to be spilling your guts out to this person. So I think that it is really important that you find someone that you feel like you can trust and respect their opinion or just even respect as a professional to give you sound, um, information and not even really, they don't give advice, but just give you sound um, judgment as you navigate through talk therapy, maybe for the first time. I personally did cognitive behavior therapy, also known as CBT. um, And I went through my school's health services. It was fine. The lady was fine. I actually did learn a lot. It was very eye-opening and it was very healing. I don't know if I would go back to that lady again. Well, obviously I can't. I'm not even in the same school district. But, and she quit <laughs> when I was like in the middle of everything. Uh, she quit. But that was actually, I went to see her. It wasn't for divorce. It was actually for um, my breakup that happened about two years ago. But um, it was there in that space that I learned about story work and just connecting the dots for some of my negative thought patterns and all of that, even though I went to her for a breakup that I was going through, um, she helped connect a lot of those things back to divorce, back to things before divorce even that related maybe more back to my dad. So just be prepared for that is hard work and hopefully some of y'all have good insurance out there and you can find someone great for maybe a fraction of the cost, maybe free. That would be a blessing. Um, so yes, if you haven't done so already, my best advice, if you are going through an unwanted divorce or even any type of divorce, maybe very much wanted, you still deserve and should go to therapy. Um, It's not too late to get some counseling and you can't go wrong with therapy or counseling through church or through another avenue. You really can't go wrong with either one. All right. So now that I've given you my counseling and therapy speech, and I know that you paused this episode to go and apply to your, or not apply or refer yourself to your church's counselors, 
and or you have gone and called a therapist. I just know that you paused this to do that. Um, we can move on, right? <laughs> We're ready to talk about how hard and impossible this journey feels. And I want to be your therapist. I really do. I'm going to try my best to give you my best therapy communication on this topic. But I'm not a therapist at the end of the day. I have a lot of therapy tools in my tool belt, um, but I cannot provide you with the more personalized um, conversation that maybe you need. So as a blanket statement, I'm not your therapist, but I'm here for you. And I know what you're going through is so hard. I think this episode is really challenging for me because I want to be so sensitive to what you're going through, but I also want to give you hope, but I don't want it to be cheesy. Like there's already enough cheesy divorce, weird Instagram accounts that you could follow that just like give you like toxic positivity or like spiral you out of control with like all of these negative, um, I don't know, just like negative sayings and phrases that don't even really get you anywhere. Like you're just like, what do I do with this weird cliche. Um, I just want to be real with you. Going through unwanted divorce is one of the hardest things you could probably go through besides maybe a death or loss of a significant other or anybody in your life. Um, I think it's so hard because what we have lost or what you feel like you're losing is essentially like broken promises, broken vows um, for you to now, and just what I'm have experienced, like your thought on marriage, it, it changes your perspective. It changes like how you even want to interact with God sometimes. Like, don't think that like what you're going through with an unwanted divorce is, it should be like glossed over. Like no matter the situation, this is so traumatic and so heavy and so challenging. It changes so much. If you if you take the time to really allow yourself to feel the feelings. I know for me, I went through a roller coaster of emotions. I am a roller coaster of emotions and thoughts and feelings any given day. Um, so just know that there are going to be so many ups and downs. And to please just allow yourself time to embrace that and think about it and ponder it and ask yourself what you're going to do with it. All right. So when I finally reached out and got in contact with um, the counselor through my church, when all of this was like blowing up in my face, I um, went and we went together and my now ex-husband refused to like say anything. He would give like basic yes, no responses, but like he would not talk. Like he would not indulge, engage, I guess I should say, in like anything that was like a little bit hard. So if you're also experiencing that with like a spouse that just like honestly is refusing to engage in possible reconciliation of the marriage, like that is such an impossible place to be. You just feel like your hands are tied. You're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like I'm trying so hard to work on myself, to fix things, to make things better. And you're getting maybe the bare minimum in return. That is, that is just another level of horrifying in the situation that 
you really only understand if you've been through it. Like you already are surprised that you're getting divorced. You had no idea that this was going to happen. And then on the other hand, you you made an ultimatum. I know I did. I said, you have to go to counseling with me for whatever amount of time it was. It was like eight weeks maybe um, before I signed any papers. And then they refused to like engage in anything, any healing part of the journey. Like they were not going, they went, but they would not participate. Um, that is just another layer of level of hell that I, I don't wish on anyone, honestly. It was absolute torture every single week. Um, it got to the point where we were meeting with the counselors separately instead of together because it wasn't been a, it wasn't worth our time. Um, he just wasn't saying anything. And I was the one like, I want to make this better. I want to make it work. What do I need to do? And I was getting nothing in return. So finally, I started meeting separately. And um, that was when a lot of the healing and growth um, and awareness came to me because I was able to then you know, talk with this counselor who I've talked about before in a previous episode, Pastor Randy, who I love so much. Um, he was able to like get to see my heart and know what I felt about marriage and how I like saw things. And I could just speak a little more candidly once I started meeting separately. So that might also be part of your journey to be prepared for um, is maybe I know you so desperately want to work things out together, maybe sitting down together in front of a counselor, but it could be that you have to sit down separately um, to really get to the bottom of things. And one thing that Pastor Randy did for me towards the end when we just realized like there was no way things were going to work out. There was literally nothing else I could do. And he told me, he was like, Pastor Randy was like, Marissa, like, I feel like I just need you to, I need to give you permission to sign the papers. Like, at this point, you can't want this for him more than he wants it for himself. And he just didn't want it. There was, he literally said there was nothing I could do to change his mind. There was nothing Pastor Randy could do that would change his mind or convince him he was done. And at that point, I needed the permission because, I mean, as a Christian, if you grew up in that, um, you just grow up thinking like, God hates divorce. It's like all you remember maybe or know from attending church, God hates divorce. And I'm like, but Pastor Randy was great at reminding me like God hates divorce, but he does not hate divorced people. And there are so many reasons like emotional neglect, which is what I was experiencing. It was like one day I was married and the next day I was a stranger in my own house. Like that's abusive. <laughs> that is manipulative and emotionally abusive to someone that you were, you made vows to. And he gave me, Pastor Randy gave me a lot of language to be able to describe what I was feeling as far as like those terms that I just used and also gave me the permission that I needed to sign papers because I, I mean, there's, you just get to a point where you're like, what else can I do? Like, and you don't know, you know, you don't want divorce. You know, you don't necessarily even believe in divorce. I never thought divorce was an option. Um, and I never, you don't go into marriage thinking, oh, someday I might get divorced. Like that sounds real fun. Nobody goes into their wedding day, one of the best days of their life that you're going to remember forever thinking that. So Pastor Randy and a counselor in general will be so pivotal in giving you that permission to let go essentially um, and to stop fighting for someone who is not fighting for you and not fighting for the same things that you value. 
um, whether that is the biblical view of marriage, whether that's marriage in general, whether that's having some sort of respect, (laughs) whether that's getting the help they need to be a better spouse to you or vice versa. I mean, there were things that I was not great at. There were things that I knew I could have been doing better, but you can't try to be better for someone who is just going to sit there and not engage and also better themselves for your marriage as well. Um, That's an impossible, really horrible place to also be in. Like you're trying your best and they're not. Like that's not that everything in life is fair, but that's just not okay. Um, So what I'm wanting to say to you right now is if you have tried everything, you're at the end and you cannot see any other situation in which this works out, I'm giving you permission to move on. Um, I know I needed that because right after Pastor Randy gave me that permission, of course it was emotional, of course it was it was a good day, but it was also a really sad day. He then asked me, so what are you going to do next? And I had no idea. Um, my identity at that point was a military spouse, a teacher, a wife. And I tried so hard to be great at all of those things. And I really didn't know who I was um, outside of those things at that time, even at the tender age of 28 years old. Um, I had a lot of learning to do about myself. And I just implore you to dig deep um, into maybe the Enneagram, maybe finding out your personality type, maybe trying some new things, uh, blogging, maybe get creative. Um, I'm not saying those things are going to happen overnight. Um, but yes, my my what I want you to hear from me is that you have permission to move on if you have tried everything or you're still holding on to maybe a glimmer of a smile that you saw passing each other in the hallway. Um, you deserve more. You really deserve more. You deserve someone who's also going to fight just as hard as you've probably been fighting. And then I want you to ask yourself, what are you going to do next? Um, there's an endless space of possibilities. Like, And it's going to be scary. It's going to be really scary. The next steps are honestly terrifying because you're on your own. Maybe you went from Uh, I know I personally went from two dual income, no kids, also known as a dink in the military world, um, to trying to survive on a teacher income on my own with pretty much all of the same bills as before, Um, (laughs) not getting to split the bills anymore. So now what? What happens next? You've signed papers. You've possibly moved out or moved away, maybe moved back in with family. I know that's what I had to do for a time. Um, what is next? And what I do have to share with you is unfortunately the first year post-divorce is really the hardest. Um, it's honestly harder than even maybe the divorce itself. Like, yeah, the separating of your things is hard. Yeah. Moving is hard. Yeah. All of the fighting and the chaos is really hard, (laughs) but what's hard is trying to move on after the fact on your own and really, um, just dealing with the consequences of this divorce that you didn't want and it wasn't your choice and you are dealing with the consequences of the choices of someone else. Um, I know I experienced a lot of resentment and just anger and a lot of hatred and just frustration at how my life just wasn't going like I thought it was. 
it made a 180, if you will. Like I went from living in this great house and living my best life to now I have to, and I was in Tennessee at the time to then moving back home to Indiana where I genuinely like didn't want to be and like having to get a job that I didn't necessarily want and like just doing all of these things that you you do build so much anger and resentment towards because it's it it was out of your control there are going to be so many dates on the calendar like anniversaries birthdays trips that you took together etc that like really are going to hurt when you remember them and come across them that first year post divorce post divorce and I'm not even saying it's not going to hurt year 2 year 3 um honestly I still have facebook memories that pop up almost every day <laughs> Like, I no longer look at those memories filled with rage. I actually um, can look at them with some fondness and just think back and, you know, be like, okay, that was a funny moment. And, like, it it doesn't bring me so – and fill me with this rage or this um, depression that would make me go hide under my covers probably that first year of um, being post-divorce. So it is – an impossible real, uh, like expectation to try to get rid of everything um, that first year or even years beyond that. So make sure you are giving yourself some grace there. <laughs> um, I also encourage you to just let the waves of feelings come to you. Um, I guess I, for me, I was surprised by how angry, resentful, confused, and like I even felt very hate-filled Um at some points that first year that just, and there were even moments like even after the first year that just filled me with so much hate and anger that I just didn't even think it was possible to love God or like even do like have anything to do with God. Like when I was filled with so much hate and that's just simply not true. Don't let yourself believe those lies. Anger, resentment, confusion, hate are all, just uncomfortable feelings that we're not used to having. Um, and I think that we actively avoid because they're uncomfortable. So I'm just telling you, warning you, if you will, that those things are going to come and those feelings are going to come. And I'm asking you not to bury them, get curious about them, pay attention to them and talk about them with someone that you trust. Um, again, like this just all goes with healing out loud. Like the best way that you can heal is in the presence of others and op doing so openly um, and just being vulnerable with people. And I know that's going to be extra hard to do when you feel like all your trust has been broken or just how could anyone, how could you trust anyone after that, right? Like I get that. I get that 100%. Like how do you trust anyone? But you you do so by healing out loud and talking to others about those really hard and haunted things that you're dealing with um, because you're not alone. And I did feel very alone a lot of times going down this 28-year-old divorce path that I was like, everyone's getting married and I'm getting divorced. And it's just <laughs> this, I remember the first wedding that I had to go to after being divorced. And it was a time, let me tell you. Like, there's just going to be things that you don't expect to hurt. And I just want you to know that it's okay. I see you. I genuinely am here for you if you need it anything, my Instagram, you know me on Insta at Marissa Jusmay, M-A-R-I-S-A-J-U-S-T-M-A-E. If you're interested, um, I'm here for you and I, I get it. 
I do. I get it. Another thing post-divorce that I was not expecting um, that came up for me is that I felt so fearful that being divorced meant or seemed like I just didn't care about marriage at all. Um, I was so worried that being divorced would mean that I didn't deserve the kind of man that I hoped to be with in the future. Someone who was just honest, kind, faithful, had a relationship with God, someone who wanted to understand me or at least try to. Enneagram 4 Scorpio over here, like double whammy of the personality, okay? <laughs> like double dose of, I put the hot and psychotic, okay? <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, I, I just didn't think there would be someone who would at least want to try to understand me and get to know my heart on topics like divorce and other things that I long to talk about and share with others. Like, if you know me, at one point, my sister was like, <laughs> Marissa, not everything's a serious conversation. And I was just like, <gasps> that is horrifying to me. <laughs> like, to me... I, I cringe at like just surface level shallow conversation. It literally kills something inside of me. Like it kills my joy to talk about the weather and colors and what I ate for lunch. Like I just, I don't want that. But I also don't just openly share like every single detail of my life with just anyone. But yet here I am. So yeah. But yeah, that fear of just not feeling like I deserved better, I guess. I just didn't feel like I deserved better. Maybe I really was like doing everything wrong. Maybe I didn't know how to have a relationship. Um, all of those fears, like you're just not alone with those. Um, I I felt very alone with them because I'm like, wait, everyone else has this all figured out. And that is part of my personality flaw, if you will, is like I just always feel like something's missing and everyone else has something figured out that I don't have figured out. And I don't know what it is. I could not tell you what they have figured out that I don't. <laughs> it's just that they do. Um, everyone else's life is a little more put together. Everyone else's life is a little more um, situated or normal or um, – figured out than mine. Um, and that's just my personality. I can't change that. So maybe you won't have any of these struggles that I'm talking about. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Maybe you will just be loving and living and laughing every day like a country song. You know, that is my hope. But if you find yourself feeling any of the things that I felt, here you have it. Uh, a, a resource for you, if you will, on navigating some really unwanted feelings and experiences in life. Um, but yeah, I guess one thing I have learned now that I'm five years removed from my experience with divorce is that by healing out loud and talking about these hard things has actually allowed me to understand my heart on marriage and family and um, what I really do need in a partner better than I ever did before. One more thing I want to touch on before I get to some questions people asked me on my Instagram about divorce um, a little bit ago. Uh, this one is is going to be maybe a little more controversial of a thing that I've shared. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to say, if you grew up in church or under any sort of Christian denomination, then you likely heard some really harmful or toxic ideals about marriage and divorce growing up. Um, you likely heard God hates divorce, and that is true. Um, 
divorce obviously leaves a trail of chaos in its wake and should always be the last resort. But God does allow for divorce and remarriage in some cases when marriage vows are broken, um, especially in situations of adultery, emotional and physical neglect, abandonment and abuse. Um, when I was going to counseling through my church, I learned that, yes, God hates divorce, but he does not hate divorced people. Um, he hates that divorce separates us from what is supposed to be a marriage that replicates his love for us. And it breaks his heart when those marriage vows get broken. And in the case of unwanted divorce, I feel like it is especially important to share that oftentimes the church does a really bad job of holding men accountable. Um, for example, Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In Malachi 2.16, it says, The man who hates and divorces his wife does violence to the one he should be protecting. Uh, to divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty. So many times we just hear, God hates divorce. But what you need to know is that he does not hate you because you're divorced. He hates what divorce does to us. He hates that it separates us from the most precious relationship that we can have here on earth and for what's supposed to be our lifetime. Um, the verse I really clung on to during my divorce and still to this day, I love this verse. It's 2 Corinthians 12, 19. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Um, this is kind of the verse that um, helps me with the heal out loud, just like whole thing that I <laughs> have going on in my mind, just this whole heal out loud thing. That verse really like to me supports that thought of like healing out loud and um, knowing that our pain won't be wasted. Um, it's just so tempting also sometimes to look back on your married years as years wasted and only see the mess that you're treading through right now. But God is clear with that verse, especially that he will not waste your pain. So I am really sorry for any mixed messages you may have gotten from the church about divorce, but your worth as a woman, as a Christian, as a human does not change just because your marital status did. We still deserve the best that God has in store for us. I'm still waiting on it. <laughs> um, but that's because he is the best at bringing beauty from ashes and creating something spectacular from the hurt that we've endured from the hands of others. Okay, so several months ago when I started thinking about like what would I – if I did a podcast, what episodes would I have? Um I had put a little question box on my Instagram story just asking like what thoughts, questions, comments, wonderings, um, wonderments, whatever you want to call them. Uh, what did you have about divorce for me? And an overwhelmingly large amount of people were wondering what to do with their things. Um, I think I did a little reply to some of the questions or maybe someone put it on that like not going to lie app, like a question on there. I don't really remember now. The details are fuzzy to me, but anyways, there were several questions about divorce and one topic was like what to do with your stuff and <laughs> it seems silly, but it actually is something that you genuinely don't know what you're going to do until <laughs> you're in that moment and you're like, wait, now I have all of this stuff that I don't know what to do with and memories, photos, dress, rings, like all of these things that 
if not some monetary value, also have some sort of like sentimental value. And you're like, what the (laughs) do I do with this? Like, I know for me, I left a lot of stuff when I moved out. I was super petty. I'm not going to even lie to you for one second. I was a petty little girl. And I just taped all of our photos around the whole entire house and hid them so that they he would be finding them for years to come. Um, do I recommend that? I can't say that I don't recommend it. Is it, is it the kindest, most God-centered way to move out? Um, TBD. I'll ask him when I get up there to heaven someday. I'll be like, God, what'd you think about that? Did you like it? Did you laugh a little? <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, so people were asking me about what to do with their stuff. And <sighs> what I got to say is it, it sounds so stupid and cliche, and it is, but it's like you're, you'll know when you know, you know? You'll know when you know. It's, it's one of those things that it's like, I still have my wedding dress and I don't have it for any good reason other than I tried to sell it. Nobody bought it, rightfully so. Like, that's a bad juju right there. Um, But also, like, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. I thought at some point maybe I do a trash the dress. That's not really, like, I feel that's a little disrespectful to the amount of money that was paid for that. So I was like, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just donate it. It's just sitting there. On the other hand, I had all of these pictures that I was like, I have to get rid of these immediately. And I had a whole box of letters that he wrote to me from basic training and I just left them behind. I'm like, I don't want to be the one to have to deal with this. I'm putting that on you. I'm sure they immediately ended up in the trash, but I didn't want to have to do be the one to have to do that. So I highly suggest just leaving things behind if you are in the place to be able to do that. Um... Things that you just feel like in your good conscience, in your good mind and heart that you couldn't fathom having to figure out what to do with. Uh, But also, there's nothing wrong with just keeping a box of things, whether it's in the attic, the basement, like keeping a box of things and then just dealing with it when you're ready. I highly recommend like not doing anything when you're in like a fit of rage (laughs) or when you are like highly depressed. Like don't make choices that might make you sad later on in those really hard moments because you might end up having some regrets. I feel like I did a good job of like, which is shocking. I know I was actually pretty irrational. No, I meant to say rational, not irrational. I was pretty rational, rationally minded with my things. Um, because I just knew I was like, I'm so sentimental. I love memories. I love nostalgic things. So I'm like, these are nostalgic to me, but I also don't know what I'm going to do with them. It was just like one random day in February, a couple years ago that I was like, Meh, I'd rather have the money for a spring break trip. I'm going to sell my rings. Like <laughs> it's just, they're, they're just going to come moments when you, you realize you're not so attached to the, the items that you'll be able to, um, better let go of them. And free yourself maybe from whatever weight that they are causing you by just being around, being in the corner, looming over you. Um, But you'll know. And don't just – don't put any pressure on having to get rid of it by a certain date. That's not realistic. I had a lot of pressure on myself to get over things by – I think it was January 2020 – no, sorry, January 2019, January 1st. I wanted to be over everything by 2019, like one – not even a year. (laughs) Like. I was so hard on myself. 
but it's just not realistic. Again, everyone moves at their own pace. Everyone heals at their own rate. Um, but I think a year, give yourself a year, just ponder on the items, do with them what you want when you're ready and when you don't feel some sort of way about them. Um, when you're a little more neutral, a little more grounded, um, that is my recommendation and just a little tip and something that I noticed people were were curious about. Hope that helps. Another more personal question that people had asked is essentially the question was, do I still wish I was married to him or and or like do I wish I ever would have gotten married to him? And I think that if you're going through an unwanted divorce, that is a common question to even really ask yourself. <laughs> like I was wondering that also. I'm like, why didn't people try to stop me? And I'm like, well, it's not that people were trying tried to stop me. People did question it. People questioned how fast it was moving, but they never questioned like my judgment on the matter. They never really were questioning like him. I think at some point, like, do I regret getting married? No, because I've learned so much and I know so much more now that will prepare me for hopefully my second marriage down the road someday that will make me an even better partner in the future that I wouldn't change anything. However, do I think that it was smart of me to <laughs> get engaged and married so quickly? I think I've kind of um, talked about that in a previous episode. I see now that there were some errors in my way, in my ways, right? Like I didn't need to move so quickly. Maybe I could have avoided all of this heartbreak if I would have just like given it some more time. I can't go back and change any of that. So it's not really benefiting anybody or myself to even like give that more of a thought. I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway is you just have to take as much time as you can to get to know that other person and know what they stand for, know what they value, ask really hard questions, have really hard conversations. And if they can't handle it, they can't handle it. Again, I will reiterate, if I'm too much, go find less. Like I'm not here to go through divorce number two. I would rather stay single than go through that again. Honest to God. Like I would rather be living my peaceful mile a minute Nashville life than go through that again. And I think that is, if you have gone through unwanted divorce, you would, you're probably shaking your head and nodding like up and down dramatically with me. Like it's not, nobody, first of all, wants divorce. Nobody goes into it looking for that. But also you're just like, I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> so I'm going to avoid dating and avoid any relationships with any one of the opposite sex. Don't be like me. Don't go to the extremes. Maybe find some sort of happy medium. But do I regret getting married? No, it's taught me so much. Do I regret marrying him specifically? Maybe a little bit, but we, like, there were, again, you're so young. I was 24 when I got married, so I'm like, I was so young. I didn't know the kinds of conversations I needed to have. I didn't know exactly what kind of qualities I really personally needed in a relationship. So I can't say that I like totally regret marrying him specifically. I think we got along fine. It's like Kelsey Ballerini. Like we got along just fine. 
but at the end of the day, like, you didn't get on the plane. You didn't come to see me. You, you weren't – he was not doing things. And I also wasn't fulfilling maybe all of his needs either. But, again, like, uh, in a whole other episode, I will talk about how <laughs> expectations are the root of all heartache. Like, if you don't t- tell someone your expectations, in my opinion, you don't get to be mad when they're not met. Like, if you're not telling someone what you expect in a relationship – you don't get to be tortured every day that someone's not meeting them. Um, so were there unmet expectations in my marriage that maybe ultimately caused it to fail? Probably. Um, I'll never know because he refused to even share what those might have been. Um, but I don't I don't regret any of it. I would I want to do it again with the same person? No. I would not, obviously, now that I'm me. And I'm healed and I'm on this other side. Like, he's not even my type anymore. And so that's my, like, challenge for you as I wrap this up. Like, heal so much that that person is not even your type anymore. Um, That is the best place that you could be in is when you realize, like, I've grown. I've done everything I possibly can. Not to just, like, be better and look better and feel hotter. But to, like, really change your heart and your mind on some things that maybe, like, you like just had in your mind like through this whole marriage that you need to unlearn um I know I did I know I had to disentangle um thanks Ginger um her book I just read Ginger Duggar's book it's really good by the way um disentangle some maybe toxic parts of your marriage everyone has them everyone has some red flags figure those out figure out those negative cycles that you were maybe perpetuating on your own or either together and just heal from those things. Be so healed, become so healed that that person could not even possibly be your type anymore. That is my best advice. All right. So it's that time in the episode where I ask you, what are you going to do? Are you going to find a counselor, seek out a therapist Are you going to share with someone how angry you are right now? Are you going to scream at God? I did that, and I'm living proof that he does not smite you dead with a lightning bolt when you scream at him. Maybe you need to write it all down. Maybe take a personality test and learn a little bit about yourself. Um, One thing I do know for sure is this season that you're going through is so hard, and I see you. I'm here for you. I'm in the trenches. I've been in the trenches. Um, I can go there again with you if you need someone, Um, but you are going to learn so much. You are going to heal. You will grow tremendously in ways that you didn't even think were possible. Um, And someday you will look back and be able to see all that went right and be able to genuinely help others when they are going through something similar. Um, And that is honestly, that's worth that's worth it all to me. Uh, that's why I'm doing this. That's why I started doing this. And I know that your pain also will not be wasted. Um, and your story is just gaining a new chapter. So I hope that you find some hope and an opportunity maybe to heal out loud this week. And until next time, thanks so much for listening. And I hope that you heal out loud. <laughs>